We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Movement Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. We are going to continue to press forward in week number three. Um, if you don't mind, let's turn to 1 John, the second chapter, verse 15, the NIV version. 1 John, second chapter, verse 15, the NIV. See, I got it when you get there. All right, that's two or three. Come on, let's do a little bit more. You're still looking, still looking. It's okay. Promise I'll wait. No problem with waiting. 1 John, 2nd chapter, verse 15, NIV. See, I got it. All right. I'll read for you. John writes, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and pride of life. It, it cracks me up that he was able to sum the world up in, in, in three phrases. Out of everything that you experience in life and everything that you see, everything that is in the earth, he sums it up in three phrases. Lust of the flesh. Lust of the eye, pride of life. Comes not from the Father, but from the world. Let's go back to 16. From, for everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever shall whoever. It doesn't matter how long you've been in church. It says whoever. It does not matter how long you've known God. It says whoever. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. Somebody shout amen. amen. Let's throw this first thought up there. Um, I want to make sure that before we get into breaking down these three categories, um, I kind of set you up a little bit for what he's getting at. Um, in verse 15, um, our first, the first thing I want you to write down is um, satanic world system. <clears throat> Say that with me, satanic world system. Verse 15, he says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. Now, where we see the word world, John wrote uh, in the Greek the word cosmos. Say that with me, cosmos. The word cosmos literally means that which is ordered or arranged. Cosmos means that which is ordered or what is arranged. Cosmos is the system, the order, the arrangement by which things are done. The Greek word cosmos is where we get our English word cosmetic. Now, ladies, you know this to be true. Um, cosmetics are used to cover up things we don't want you to see. 
what is true is hidden behind the cosmetics. What John tells us in verse 15 is that the world we live in, this satanic system that is at play, makes the world look extremely attractive by covering up what is truly there so that you fall in love with it. And once you fall in love with it, he removes the cosmetic and shows you the truth. But by that time, I've fallen in love and I've rejected my relationship with God. And now I'm in a position where I don't know what to do. And John sums everything up. He sums this, 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 this opening up in verse 15 by saying the world consists of three things, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. He says there are three categories. He's been doing the same thing since the beginning of time, and he's still getting us today. He makes these three things. Listen to me. Out of, there's only so many ways that you can cook chicken. There's only so many ways that you can box up sin. He's been boxing up sin the same three ways since the beginning of time, and we still fall for it. He makes it look so sexy, so pretty, so good, so beautiful that I have to have it. I got to get to it. I got to touch it. John says, there's only three. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life. And he makes them look so beautiful. He hides them behind all of the cosmetics, all of the systems, and all of the stuff, and all of the culture, and all of the one. He hides it behind all of that stuff to make you attracted to something that's deadly. Something that will destroy you. He breaks it down into three. Lust of the flesh. Lust of the eye. Pride of life. Let's look at each one. Verse 15. Do not love the world or any, anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything, shout everything. For everything in the world, this, this satanic system is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and, and the pride of life. Comes not from the Father, but from the world. Category number one is lust of the flesh. I gave you a definition. I want you to write that down. Lust of the flesh is this, a strong emotional appeal to satisfy a natural need or desire. A strong emotional appeal to satisfy a natural need or desire. I'm going to let you write it down. Shout, I'm ready when you get done. Woo, y'all writing that slow? Give you a second. You ready? Okay. We were created by God with certain desires. Uh, we were created with the desire for food. We were created with the desire for companionship. We were created with the desire for water, for sex, for comfort. And there is no sin in those desires. I'll say that again. There is no sin in that desire. But the world system, this satanic system that is at play, wants you to satisfy a valid desire by an invalid means. It wants you to satisfy a valid desire by an invalid means. 
So what it does, it continues to tempt you and provoke you and prod you with strong emotional appeal to the point that I'm willing to do whatever I got to do. And by any means necessary, I have to satisfy this desire. So it, it makes it look so attractive that it doesn't even matter anymore if it's valid for me to do this. And they don't care how you get it done as long as I satisfy the need. But God wants us to get to a space where I satisfy a valid need by a valid means. Eating is a good thing. Satisfying my appetite is a good thing. But when satisfying my hunger is fueled by strong emotional appeal, I will push myself into excess eating, and then now I'm stepping into gluttony. I'm helping you right after church. Right after church, we're going to be helping you right now. In the book of Genesis, it, it, it says that when God, after God created man, he said it's not good for him to be alone. God created us with the desire for companionship. But when my need for companionship is, is, is fueled by strong emotional appeal, I will know that this relationship is wrong and still be in it because I want to satisfy my need for companionship. I can know that we're totally wrong, but I have to satisfy this need, Pastor Wanzo, of just having companionship. And it does not matter if it's valid or not. I just got to satisfy the need. And that is what the world wants us to make okay. The world wants to make us feel okay that it's all right for us to satisfy that need any way you, because it's real. I feel it. And everybody else feels it. So it doesn't matter by what means I do it as long as I satisfy it. God gave man the capacity for sex. Sex in itself is not a bad thing. But it has to be handled within the capacity that God has set for it, which is marriage. But when, but when my desire for sex is fueled by strong emotional appeal, then I'm willing to have one night stands and satisfy myself personally because I have to get this need this need met. It's, 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 a, it's a valid need, but I'm meeting it with an invalid desire. There's nothing wrong with the need, but God says, listen, I've given you the confines for sex, and it is okay. It's a beautiful thing. I gave you the capacity for it, but do it the way that I, that I want you to do it. Do it by my will. Do it by the way that I structured it for you, because if you keep doing it the world's way, it's going to destroy you. You get introduced to all sorts of things when, when you don't do it God's way, and what I want you to understand and what, what I want you to hear me on is that, yes, it's a valid desire but you're doing it by an invalid means. Shout lust to the flesh. What the strong emotional desire, lust, desires for you to, for, for you to do, and I, I, I'm trying to avoid the word lust because we can get caught up to thinking that is only tied to sex. But I can lust after food. Strong emotional appeal. I can lust after companionship. Companionship is different than sex. I can lust after companionship. I can lust after money. I can lust after anything 
And, and what this lust desires for us to do, and this is the trick of the enemy, what this lust desires for us to do is to say, I have to have it. By any means necessary, I have to go get it. I have to touch it. I have to look at it. I have to take it. I have to breathe it. I have to smoke it. I have to drink it. It's telling you that you have to. But what I want you to understand is that the desire you have is valid. God just wants you to meet it in a valid way. There's nothing wrong with wanting peace in your life. Nothing wrong with that. You are right. That is a valid. But smoking your way out of it is not the way. Listen to me. There's nothing we're taking. There's nothing wrong with taking the edge off. But drinking the edge off is not the way. Oh, I'm doing so good today, y'all. This is good stuff. Listen to me. I know this stuff is not popular. I get it. I understand. And I know you don't want to hear it, but it's right. The world has made us okay with satisfying valid needs. Check me out. God looked at him. He said, that's a need. He looked at Adam and said, that is a need, and I can validate that. I can fix that. I can give him something for that, and he gave him marriage. Now, I'm not saying, Pastor Wanzo said, we need to go out and get married. No, he did not say that. (laughs) Let's qualify that statement. But what I want you to understand is that God sees it, and he knows it, and he's giving you a way out. Oh, y'all missed it. He's given us escape room. Okay, let's get the next one. Verse 15. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. Category number two, lust of the eye. I have a definition for you that we'll work from. Allowing yourself to be emotionally captivated by the appearance of something that is not legitimate for you without yielding to its future ramifications. Make sure you write this down. Allowing yourself to be emotionally captivated by the appearance of something that is not legitimate for you without yielding to its future ramifications. Still writing, it's okay. We ready? No. Don't you love this church? (laughs) Get time to write. All right, come on now, two more seconds. Okay. So now. Lust of the flesh originates in me, right? It is, it is just within my nature, my sinful nature, to be bent towards certain things. I just have certain desires because it is in me. Lust of the eye, on the other hand, originates externally. Hear me now. I didn't want it until I saw it. Until I looked at it, I didn't want it. Watch me now. But since now I've seen it, I got to have it. Watch, listen, listen. I got to have it 
And it does not matter who I belong to. It doesn't matter who you belong to. And it doesn't matter who it belongs to. I have to have it because I saw it. Your eyes, listen to me, y'all, and and, and I'm, I'm trying to get straight to the point. Your eyes don't care if you're married. Your eyes don't care that you belong to God. Your eyes don't care that you don't have enough money to buy that. Your eyes don't care that you're sworn to celibacy. If you allow your eyes to look however they want to look and look at whatever they want to look at, you will find yourself in a place that you never thought you would be in because you kept looking. Tell your neighbor, stop looking. I remember um, my first job out of college. I worked for... um, PBG, Pepsi Bottling Group, for three years. And um, I was a manager trainee, a sales manager trainee. And one of the first um, sales strategies that I learned uh, was this this phrase called um, the power of first position. Um, And it had a multitude of applications depending on what you were dealing with at the time, if it was a 12-pack, if it was was bottles, if it was an aisle. Um, But the one that stuck out to me specifically um, was um, when it was applied to the coolers that you walk into at a 7-Eleven. You know how you go get the grab-and-go soda, the 20-ounce sodas at 7-Eleven? When when Pepsi was launching a new item that they wanted the consumer to buy, they would reconfigure the entire cooler scheme to ensure that what they wanted you to buy was at the door handle. It didn't matter what else, they could have, the sales of something was, was great, they were still going to move it because this is what I want to get in front of them. So they, were, they, would, they would reconfigure the entire cooler space so that whatever they were going to sell you that they knew that you would buy was at the door handle. Because, listen to me, y'all, if I look there, at some point my desire is going to go there. So, so listen to me, the world will place things strategically positioned in first place so that you're always looking at it, so the desire will always follow it. If you don't stop looking, you're going to continue to desire it. If you don't stop looking, you're going to continue to chase it. At some point, you have to say, devil, I'm going to stop looking because I don't want to do that anymore. So one time I was sitting with this, um, uh, I was a manager trainee, so I had some, some access to some people, and I was sitting with the guy who ran the state of Florida. I think it was the state of Florida, like central Florida. And um, I asked him, we were getting ready to roll out. <clears throat> Y'all remember uh, Mountain Dew wire, uh, Live Wire? Yeah, the orange Mountain Dew? So I sat with him. Mountain Dew is like one of the number one sellers behind Pepsi. It's number two. And um, I was sitting with him <clears throat> at lunch. We were in Bubbaloos, as a matter of fact. And I said to him, well, I was looking, we were looking at the cooler schemes, and they were going to take spacing from Mountain Dew to give it to Mountain Dew Livewire. And I said, well, won't you cannibalize your sales for Mountain Dew if you take up the spaces of Mountain Dew Livewire? And he says to me, we already got them hooked on the Mountain Dew. We're going to introduce something new right here. <laughs> Listen to me. 
Listen, if you keep looking, it's not like you're going to stop what you were doing. You're just going to pick up this other thing, too, and then he's really got a vice in you. You have to at some point understand that I have to stop looking. It won't change unless I stop looking. The jealousy won't stop unless you stop looking at Instagram. The insecurity is not going to go away unless you stop looking at your friend stuff on Instagram. Unless you stop looking, nothing is going to change. The enemy knows if I can just get him to look, the desire will follow. If I can just get him to look, the desire will follow. And here's the thing. He doesn't care what you look at. Somebody shout legitimate. So now, in in the, the definition, allowing yourself to be emotionally captivated by the appearance of something that is not legitimate for you. Listen to me now. Hear me. That young lady back there, her name is Shatina Underwood. She is my wife. I can look at her however I please. (laughs) Ask me why. Say a lot of why. Because she's legitimate for me. It's within the confines, oh gosh, it's within the confines that God has set. I could look out, I look at her however I want. She could look at me however she wants. Watch me, but it's legitimate for me. So now what's illegitimate for me is to look at a woman that's not my wife in the same manner. Y'all pray for your boy, because this is what I do. <laughs> Tell me to go a little further. Um, I'm going to use the Allens. I can go over to Allen's house, right? They, they, you guys built a couple houses, right? But I could walk into their house, and I could say, I say to myself, I want this house, their house, not another house. In my heart, I want their house. Now, if, if, if I hadn't saw it and I looked someplace else and I wanted to build a house, that's great. But if I want their house, it's not legitimate for me. That's their house. Do you, you get what I'm saying? We, we, I'm trying to get you to understand. You don't covet. Scrolling through. I'm using Instagram. What's the other one? TikTok, Facebook, Snapchat. Scrolling through. Who? There you go, all of them. I thought that was a new one. All of them. (laughs) Scrolling through all of them. And I see her. But I want to look just like her. I want her look. Not the look that God gave me. I want her look. Not that her hair is nice. Not that, not that the fit is nice. No, I want exactly that. I want that. That's not legitimate for you because that's not what God gave you. Do you see how you deduce this thing down to make it applicable? Listen, it's easy to look at it when you're married, but it applies to everything. Don't covet. That's the lust of the eye. Don't cover because wherever you look, that is where your desire is going to go. And the problem is, it's like, oh, Pastor Wanzel, we deal with anxiety. We deal with this. We deal with it. Stop looking at it. 
I found out in, in, in my 20 somethings going to have to help me on this. I found out that there's like there's a websites and pages of like depression. Right? Like you go here and like we can just bask in our depression together. If you don't want to be depressed anymore, I'm not saying it's that easy, but stop looking at that. I'm not going back to that site. Because, it's, listen to me, you may be depressed, but that's not legitimate for me because I'm a child of God. I'm going to work through this thing. Listen to me. Yes, I got to get some help. Yes, I might need some, uh, some, some, some assistance. But at the end of the day, I belong to God, and he will supply me my every need. He will make sure that I get people in my life that can help me the way that I need to be helped. And if that's counseling, if that's medical, whatever it is, he will make sure. But I'm not going to keep looking at it because my desire will go there. I will find myself looking for depression, looking for anxiety, looking for sadness. Because I keep looking at it. I, I like food. You can tell by my physique that I like food. But, but sometimes, sometimes, specifically, I like, <laughs> I like Krispy Kreme donuts. They're so light and so fluffy, like you don't even know you ate five or six of them. Like they just go in your mouth so fast and you don't even like, did I eat one? What, what happened? But here's the thing. So right now I'm in a good space. I got the app on my phone, okay, because I need to know when the hot, I don't like Krispy Kreme without the hot light. That's just me. Right? The Krispy Kreme is dope with the hot light. Like, you got to get there. But sometimes I can be in a space where going to Krispy Kreme is not legitimate for me. Because if God has called me to fast, and I'm getting the notifications from Krispy Kreme to let me know the hot light is on, I have to stop looking, y'all. There are some, oh, this is, this, is, this is so plain. There are some apps, there are some, some websites that you just need to simply delete because it's not legitimate for you. It's not legitimate for you right now. It might be legitimate tomorrow, but it's not legitimate for you right now. Listen to me. We can be on a job and we can be working and we can say, and I've done this. I could do his job. I could do that exact job. I could sit in that presidency, but not today. It's not legitimate for you today because God has taken Wanzel through a process and he's not ready for that. So stop desiring that because I've got you here. This is legitimate for you. Where I have you is legitimate for you. Okay. Okay. At least one person getting some. So listen, I'm going to wrap this, this eyes thing up. The less of the eye. <clears throat> I cannot allow my eyes to just look because that will prompt my desires. My eyes can't be trusted with my desires because my eyes don't care about my boundaries or my limitations. I have to make sure that I stop looking in certain directions and look to God for the desires of my heart because he is the only one that knows my capacity and my limitations. You don't even know your, you think you know, you don't know your limitations. Oh, I can handle it. I got big shoulders. Okay. Right now in this moment for this situation you do, but wait till tomorrow. What is legitimate for you? That is what I have to make sure that I concern myself about. 
Amen? Let's get this last one. Y'all learning anything? Okay. Let's go back to verse 15. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. Last final one for today, final category for today of the three uh, is pride of life. I got a definition for you. Make sure you write it down. Living to be seen as superior to others by way of demonstrating intellectual prowess or by outward appearance. Living to be seen as superior to others by way of demonstrating intellectual prowess or by outward appearance. I'm still writing. It's okay. Everybody's still writing. This is a long one, huh? Okay. waiting on Priscilla. <laughs> Pride of life, living to be seen as superior to others by way of demonstrating intellectual prowess or by outward appearance. Um, Satan uses contemplation of personal, personal achievement to produce a self-sufficient attitude. I wrote this down. I want to make sure I say it again. Satan uses contemplation, thinking, the intellect, of personal achievement to produce a self-sufficient attitude. And, and, and what that does is that it makes you believe that because I am so good at this, I'm just as good as God, if not better than him, at this. Y'all ain't listening. <laughs> So in our own minds, we began to make idols of our academia, our social status, our, our personal advancements, and our abilities. And in our minds, we give ourselves all of the glory because I'm godlike. And in the process of that exchange between ourselves, we feel good about our superiority to others. What scares me about pride is that pride is so convincing that it will make you forfeit heaven. You will forfeit heaven and not even know it. Was not pride the sin of Lucifer? He had 
a high-ranking position in heaven. The boy had it made. But at some point, he said to himself, I'm just as good as God. He forfeited heaven, y'all. Listen to me. Listen to me. Watch this. He never succeeded at what he thought he could do. It was just a contemplation. I'm teaching so good. It was just... It was just an exchange amongst himself to say, I'm good as God. Oh, y'all, this is so good. He says, listen, he never accomplished it. But it was the discussion with himself that made him feel, I'm good as God. And I'm better than every, all of these angels. He lost heaven. Because pride is so sneaky. It is, it, is, it, is, it, is, it is so powerful that he lost heaven. When I feel myself, and all of us do it, <laughs> when I feel myself starting to get arrogant, because that's the beginning of it, I don't want you to confuse confidence for arrogance and pride. Be, be, because confidence still has humility in it. I'm very confident in myself, but I know, listen, I, I'm very confident in myself, but I know that I could not pull this off without God. Arrogance and pride is a different deal. Because I say to myself, I could, and, and believe me, pastors have done this. There have pe been preachers to walk up on the stage and say, I can do this without God. I can be a good husband without God. Oh, I can run this company without God. Ezra, I could play the drums without God. Jordan, I could play the bass, whatever you play. You play everything. You, you know, I can, I can bet. Y'all, this is not normal in church that you start talking directly to a person. But I can bet that you have a lot of work to do in keeping yourself humble. Because if y'all don't know Jordan, Jordan can play any instrument under the sun, and he plays it well. Oh, I'm about to get my sermon away for next week. But, but here's the thing. We, we, we get to spaces where we get very high places. And that is the most dangerous place to be. I got this. Oh, gosh, y'all. I got this. I got this under control. Let me show up, and everything is going to change. No, it won't. Listen to me, that is different than being, than being confident. That is pride and that is arrogance. And arrogance will make you lose heaven. It'll make you lose your family, that beautiful wife and those beautiful kids that you got. It'll make you lose that job that they appreciate you so much for. It'll make you lose everything. Don't allow the enemy to play the same trick on you that he fell for. Girl, you got this. He ain't nobody without you. <laughs> oh, Pastor Wanzo, they can't have church without you. <laughs> Listen to me. That is pride. And it is so sneaky. It is, it is, it is so unassuming. That you'll, you'll find yourself outside of the place that you, 
had given yourself, given yourself so much credit of, of just being. I want you to understand today, as we continue in this, this series, that the enemy has done nothing different since the start of humanity to tempt man to sin. He's done nothing different. And, and what I thought to myself, I was putting this stuff together, I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, I could pot potentially be, be falling victim to the same things that my ancestors fell victim to. And, and, and what's funny is like, well, you, you, wisdom has to come into place because now I saw them go through it. I saw them fall to it. Why would I fall for the same thing? Why would I, why would I fall to, 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 to addiction when I saw that every man in my family fell to addiction? Why would I flirt with it? Why would I be tempted? But why would I let myself fall into those temptations? I think my father was telling me only one will do. What, what's, that, what's that phrase? What's the whole, is that the whole phrase? One will do. Listen, you destroyed the life of one man in my family. One will do. You took my mother's mind. One will do. I, I saw my brother get addicted. One will do. Tell your neighbor, one will do. The enemy hasn't been doing anything different under the sun. He has three ways of getting you. Lust of the eye. Excuse me, lust of the flesh. Lust of the eye. Pride of life. Stand to you. Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram, or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.